Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is the biggest race of the year. It's the podcast I enjoy doing most. It's our Grand National Horse by Horse preview. Obviously, no Grand National last season. So we've got two years worth of form to work through, as well as last as well as the last entry race back in twenty nineteen. And here to work through it with me is the big man James Watson. How are we doing, mate? Hello, very well. Um hoping that we can finally uh, pick you the one, two, three in the Grand National this year. Uh, it's not my favourite race of the year, but it is my co-host's uh, ultimate dream, uh, the uh, Aintree Grand National, and, uh, and hopefully we'll be there or thereabouts to pick you somewhat of a winner. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if anyone is listening to Turf Talk today that isn't as much of a horse racing fan as maybe a usual audience who is just listening because they want to maybe get a little bit more info on what their once a year bet in the national might be uh, a couple of basics it's it's a handicap which means the horses carry uh, different weights the horse rank number one which is Bristol the May has the highest official rating in the race 167 which means he carries 10, uh, 11 stone 10 they go all the way down to the bottom the bottom one in the minute he's carrying 10 stone 2 and it's it's just to I guess attempt to level the playing field really the vast majority of horse races are handicaps and the Grand National is one as well and as I just mentioned there the one who is bottoming at the minute which is Ami Debois that, that does change because there are more entries than, than horses who are allowed to run due to the safety limit uh, the top 40 rated are able to get a run so we will talk you through the 40 runners and also the four horses who are currently on the reserve list at the minute. Uh, it actually goes down to about 68, but nothing, nothing below 44 is likely to get a run. Uh, so the race does have four reserves. And at this stage, I mean, we're not sure how many of them will get in. Because, as I say, it's, it's going to be a very, very touch and go for the Welsh Grand National with a secret reprieve, who's currently ranked number 43. He needs three horses to come out between now and Friday midday if he wants to get a run so that's kind of how the race works it's, it's the longest race of the season the most fences jumped any, uh, of any regulation race of the season and it has the biggest field of the season and it provides the trickiest punting puzzle of the year it's always good fun to try and work through I've done alright recently to be fair Jim, man. I've, I've got I think my, my recent record is first first third so I've not done too badly. I think I think my problem is I peaked at the age of about fifteen, <laughs> and then <laughs> since then it's been a severe uh, downgrade in in every year. But you have a tremendous record, and it's a race that you adore. Yeah, well, tremendous. It's, it's been good for it's been good recently. It was absolutely awful prior to that. To be fair, I'd do well to get one in the placings. Uh, but we will, as we said, run through the card, and we'll start with number one. At the top, it's Bristol de Mai. Uh, Dre Horse, trained by Nigel Twister Davis. And like we mentioned, Jim, this is a genuinely top class chaser. Yeah, uh, and of, of course, it, um, he's, well, the ironic thing is nine years on after um, Daryl Jacob rode the winner of Neptune Colonia, fellow Grey, who was a top class animal very similar to Bristol de Mai. Nine years on, he, he arrives uh, on board the Nigel Twiston Davis, but trained Bristol Demai, which is uh, sort of 
written in the stars almost in, in some uh, sense. He, he was electric uh, in the Betfair chase this year. Um, the key to him is quite clearly he needs to be fresh and he's been kept and planned for this race this year rather than uh, messing him around and, uh, and going for the King George Gold Cup in races that they know he might struggle in, which he has in the past. Um, he uh, was given the target of the Betfair chase, which is the race he adores at the start of the season. He had a very nice second in the Cotswold. He was never going to get to um, the winner in the end. But this is slightly easier competition, even though he will be carrying top weight here. Uh, kept fresh for this race. He's technically £2 well in, if I'm right, uh, due to the national weights compression. Um but I certainly wouldn't rule him out being competitive in a, in a race of this nature. I think I'm glad they're going for this because he stays well. He jumps well over regulation fences. So you, this sort of opens up an opportunity to, to run in this race. And, and I really hope he, he runs his heart out. Yeah, like, like you mentioned, the Betfair chase, that's one of really the three major grade one staying chases. Grade one is a top level of horse racing and there's, there's a bowl at Aintree as well at the Grand National Meeting but earlier in the season there's a Cheltenham Gold Cup the King George and the Betfair Chase Bristol De Myers won three of the last four Betfair Chases around Haydock he's a little bit of a core specialist at Haydock but I don't think he's I think some people have him down as a little bit of a one-trick pony in that he's vastly superior at Haydock than he's elsewhere I don't think he's Quite that different. He's also finished third in the Cheltenham Gold Cup uh, in good heart this this season. He he had been quite a sketchy jumper in the past, but he's looked better recently. Would you say? Yeah. And there's there's not too much to be hugely uh, negative about with him. I'm just not 100% sure he strikes me as a Grand National horse, mate. Does he not you? No, not really at all, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mega convinced by him on ground that isn't bottomless, really. I think, I think that's, that's very important for him. I think he wants as much rain as possible. And I'm not... I guess, look, he's a top-level operator, so it's a long time since we've seen him in a handicap. But I'm not 100% sure whether I, I see him having the sort of, you know, taking well to the sort of hustle and bustle of Aintree. Yeah, I can see that. He, he, ran, he ran in the Gold Cup in 2019, and there were a fair amount of runners. And I thought there was a fair amount of hustle and bustle, and he, he wasn't embarrassed there. He has been kept to fairly small fields in his career. Um, but I don't think the ground is necessarily that much of a worry um, going in his back form he has got bits and pieces on good ground good to soft ground um, I, I, I think it'll be good to soft at the weekend um, I don't think they'll race on good it's too much of a risk uh, so I, 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 I don't think he's out of this at all I, I'm hopeful of a good run here by him so then, Jim, if you were to rate his chances out of 10, what would you give him? Out of 10? I'd give him a 6. A 6? I think I'd go 5. Fair? Yeah, I, I, I think he's got half a chance. 
but I wouldn't I wouldn't rush to back him. At his current price, I think he's generally around uh, twenty five to one at the minute. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, fifty fifty chance you said, and I, I I'd be inclined to agree, but I I just think there's a slight bigger percentage that he'll he'll run his heart out here. Fair enough. Moving on to number two, which is the storyteller, uh, Keith Donoghue, jocked up for Denise Foster. Jim, this is a really, really admirable horse and he's in the form of his life. Grade one win at the start of the season at Down Royal. He was a grade one winner in his novice days as well. And he's since finished second in a grade one over hurdles, second in the Irish Gold Cup and fifth in the Stayers Hurdle at Cheltenham. Not run a poor race all year. I can see him going well, mate. I think he'll enjoy this. Yeah, but he has run international before, if you remember, and it was the American one at Far Hills, um, where he did unseat at the last. But um, there's not many horses in the national that have the unconventional campaign that the storyteller has had this year. Um, as you've mentioned, Galway play over hurdles. Um, his grade one victory. Um, he's so versatile and he's such a likeable horse. Um, I think he has to step up again here. I know he has a rating um, just two pounds below Bristol Demai, and and he is a well, they are top class animals towards the, the top of this uh, Grand National this year. But I feel like he's got to step up slightly a bit more to prove me that. Um, do you think he'll stay the distance? Yeah, I do. I, I give him a well. I wouldn't say that with definite confidence, but I think there's a definite chance he will. The seventy-five percent chance you think he'd stay. Uh, I think he'll get at least three and a half, no problem. And uh, until you see a horse, you know, kind of go for in in an you know in a Scottish national or or a Grand National itself. It's it's hard to know exactly, you know, where where the limit lies, but yeah, I think I think he'll get to the second Melling Road. Mm. No problem. I, I I just really like this animal, Jim. I think he's he's very very professional and very very straightforward, and like you said, he's he's very very versatile. Uh, obviously, the mark the mark is a little bit is a little bit steep, you know. But what he's done this season justifies it. I'm gutted he didn't want him in the Gold Cup because I'd have given him a right chance of being in the first three there. And I, I can see him going well. I'd give him a 7 out of 10. Strong strong already. I'd give him a 5 out of 10. I, I'm less positive on his chances. Really? Wow. Moving on to number three, which is Chris's dream for Henry de Bromhead. Uh, Jim, this is an interesting one. I'm surprised he's here still. Uh, what about you? I am a bit, but when you go back to his back form and he's trying to win, um, he won that very impressively that day over three miles. And I'm not surprised, although he has been campaigned at 2 4 2 5, um, I'm not surprised that they're chancing their arm with him here. Um, he was only a neck beaten by the storyteller who you've sung the praises of early on. And I know he was disappointing in the Ryanair and disappointing at Christmas in the uh, before Christmas in the John Durkin. And I just feel I understand why they're running him, 
but I'm not sure that he'd be for me. His jumping's a slight worry. Um, he does like to make the occasional mistake, and that would be a big worry for me in a, in a race like this. Yeah, I, I first of all, I don't think he'll stay. That's usual for me. Like you said, he, he won the Tritown, which is one of Ireland's major handicap chasers last season. And then he went on to win to win at grade two level as well at Garden Park over two and a half miles. You know, so that that's strong form. He's he is a genuine graded level performer. But he got found out for stamina in the Gold Cup. And although he's he's probably been biting off more he could chew on his last than he could chew on his last two starts, albeit over two and a half miles. They're not they're not runs you can take a great amount of confidence in and I don't think he got home over three and a quarter, so I don't see him getting home over four. Yeah. If, if yeah. I'm honest, it, it'd be a... You know, I'd, I, I said I was surprised to see him in here just because he just doesn't strike me as a Grand National type at all. And I I thought I thought he'd be entered and then taken out, but it seems like they're going to run him. Uh, but I don't think he's got much of a chance, if I'm honest, I'd give him a three out of ten. Yeah, I'd be along the same lines. I'd be a 3 out of 10. I'm not surprised that they are running him here because his back form does show that. But um, of recent form, over a shorter distance, his jumping is a massive worry over these fences. Moving on into number four, Yala Renke. What a boy this is. Ultra likeable, for a stayer. Got a fine record in long distance handicaps. He's finished in the first three of the Welsh National on two occasions. And he's been in good form this, this time. Uh, ran second at Cheltenham on his first start of the season, only beaten a short head, then went and won at Taunton in January, takes his racing really well, stays all day. The handicapper does know exactly where he is though, Jim, and might he need a bit more rain? Yeah, um, the soft ground is conditions that he relishes, and I don't think that will be uh, the case at the weekend. Um, he's technically officially £1 wrong uh, at the weights for this, and um, I, I feel like he's jumping over the national fences earlier on in the season uh, when he fell in the beach. Give me a slight worry about him uh, in a race of this nature. He's well. Never... It, to be fair, he only got to see one of them, and he fell at it. But you would have liked to have seen him do a bit more, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I'd, do you know what? I'd, I'd, in a weird way. I think there are. Are you about to take a positive out of a first fence fall? No, I'm. I'm saying I would. I would give him more of a chance of taking it to it this time, having all, having fallen at the first, rather than had he'd say, being sketchy up until the ninth where he fell. You know what I mean? Right. You you have a variable of him being bad at one, whereas if he'd have got if he'd have made several errors and then come down, you've got you've got a wider view of him saying, yeah, well, he definitely. Can't jump round Aintree. Mm. You know, I mean, that's that's not me taking a positive from a first sense fall, but I, I, I guess it's better than him. I think it's better than him having jumped poorly halfway round and then come down. Uh, it's possible that that may have just been a, a one-off. You know, you get some Grand National winners have fallen in Grand Nationals before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, Jim. The, he, he's up to a, a mark of 161 now, which is the highest he has ever been rated. Uh, 
and he, he would appreciate as much rain as possible. But what you do have here is a horse who will still be going at the finish if he jumps round, and a horse who will fight for you when he's asked to. Yeah, always puts his heart on the line, um, or always tries. He will stay, but maybe the handicap has just got him in his grip and, and the ground is also worried. So for me, he's a four out of ten. Oh, really? Really, I think I think that's a little bit harsh. I I'd give him a six, and I think thirty three to one is a is a tad on the big side. If I'm honest, there are horses who need to prove they stay in here, and that's that for me is the number one thing you want in a Grand National horse. It doesn't matter how good you are. If 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 you don't get home, you don't get home. If if you can if you can jump abysmally on your way round and still be going forwards at the finish, that's better than jumping. Jumping like a dream, but not having enough stamina in reserve to see you past the Melling Road. Uh, I'd give Yalorenki a good six, and that that'd probably be closer to a to a seven than a five. If I was to uh, say how strong my six was, uh, I love the boy as well. I'll be buzzing if he wins it. Uh, moving on to number five, which is Bally Optic. He's had another go at the Grand National before. He came down uh, late on. In the 2019 renewal, also fell in the beacher of that season. Did get round over the entry fences when 11th in the beacher last year. Uh, went and put up a career best performance, winning a, a good listed handicap off a big weight at Ascot in February of last year, but zero positives really to be taken this season. Yeah, his, his record over the fences is nothing inspiring, uh, as you've mentioned. and. If you look at his form, like he's second to Joe Farrell in the Scottish National, it make you think that this sort of race would be bang up his street. Only um, beaten in the most. Yeah, and sort of disappointing him in being slightly regressive after that. Um, and well, he, went, he went and won the Charlie Hall, you know, he, he was a good, great two level performer at his and, best. And that Charlie Hall that day was bottomless ground, and um, that would be a main worry for me here. Back, back onto better ground. He, he's not exactly inspiring in his form. Um, in a lot of his better forms on heavier ground, and of course I've mentioned it already. That would be a major concern to me. His jumping is a worry, as, as Lewis mentioned about his two uh, falls over these sorts of fences. Um, he's got better in recent years, but his ability is beginning to look slightly regressive now, and um, I think he will struggle in this race. Yeah, I I agree. Unfortunately, is he's the sort of horse that that at his best you would give a chance to win a Grand National, but it looks like he's going backwards quicker than his mark is. Running off 158 here, I I, I think he's probably uh, up against it. From that needs to prove he's in the same heart as he was when he was doing well across the last season and a half or so. Uh, just. Just very few positives to take, mate. I'd give him a, a two out of ten. Yeah, you're even more generous than me. I'd give him a one. The first one out of ten, Jim. That's nasty. I that's nasty. nasty. I am a nasty pasty, though, aren't I? A nasty pasty. As we move on to definitely red number six for Brian Ellison. Uh, another horse who's had another go at the Grand National. He was very, very close to favourite in 2017. He was sent off 10 to 1. He was favourite, uh, wasn't he? 
no, I think he was a Justice Cert by Black Lion. Ah, right. On the morning, but he he was anti-post favourite for a long time, and then the uh, the Bontier punters got involved. But yeah, he was heavily heavily fancied for the 2017 Grand National, and uh, he pulled up through no no real volition of his own. Uh, his saddle slipped. No. No option uh, for Danny Cook in the saddle that day to have taken other than to pull him up. He actually went on to bigger and better things, really, from that the Grand National proved himself as a genuine grade two level performer. He went on, finished sixth in a Cheltenham Gold Cup as well. You know, very, very smart operator, one of the best in the North for a long time. Looks a little bit past his best on the evidence this season, though. He's 12 now. Yeah, he, he he has to step up quite significantly, and and, and maybe his chance of national glory has uh, disappeared and been uh, and gone. And um, on that performance last time at Kelso in the Premier Chase, where they all carried, uh, well, he carried the same amount of weight, weight as Cloth Cap, who is the market leader for the race, and um, on official ratings, he had to give. Cloth cap would have had to be ten pounds better than definitely red, and they carried the same weight. And here he gets weight off him, um, which makes this an even harder struggle than what what he faced last time. Um, he's been there in the past and done it. He's fourth in the beach. He was okay in twenty nineteen. It, it, it was he, he just got hampered, if I remember slightly, and. Um, just knocked him off his path a bit but I thought that was a decent enough run over the fences um, and I think I'm trying to look for positives in a horse that I really don't think will be competitive in this so um, I'll keep it fairly brief and I, I think it might be another one star for me Oh I think that's mean I think that's mean I think that's meaner than it is for Ballyoptic if I'm honest because you are only going back look he was he was he had no excuses in defeat behind Cloth Cap last time out at Kelso also. Uh, you know, but he was an impressive winner of that race up at Kelso last season, which, you know, is, is barely a year ago. And what what I will say is I expect him to be better in this than he, than he has been on his three starts so far this year, just because he really wants his sort of trip nowadays. He, he has always looked an out and out stayer. Uh, but he was good enough at, at, at a, you know, at a genuine, at a basic three miles to be campaigned over that distance without having to run in like Welsh nationals and Scottish nationals. Uh, I do think he's probably up against it. There, there are horses who are probably more progressive and have more in hand from the handicapper than he does. But I think a one out of ten Sash, I'd give him, a, I'd give him a four because I think I can see him jumping round, and I think he'll stay. But it, it might be. Flooding on in his own time. Yeah, maybe I'm just being a bit harsh again. Not like you to be harsh, Jim, but is it? On to number seven, Lakeview lad for Nick Alexander. Uh, he also ran in the Grand National two years ago, was pulled up, didn't really take to the course that day, although uh, I know Nick Alexander said after he thought the ground was much quicker than he would have liked. He had a really, really good season that year. Won uh, the rehearsal chase and the Roland Merrick, which are two of the major northern handicaps that season before finishing a fine third at the Cheltenham Festival. 
career best first time out this season when winning an open graded race for the first time on the mild May course here at Aintree. He won the Many Clouds Chase, but in better company on his last two starts, found out as probably not quite being up to open level. And I don't like horses who have already had a go at Aintree and not, not performed. Yeah, I, I can vouch for that as well. His win uh, at Aintree early on in the season was basically a flat race. There, there was a lot of fences omitted in the um, home straight and it, it meant that it turned into a bit of a sprint, which I think suited him in comparison to the horses that he beat. I know he did beat um, Frodon, who was the King George winner, Native River, uh, and the, the slow boat that is Santini. Um, it obviously played into his hands a slight bit more. It was a bizarre race. Yeah, really, really odd. And <laughs> there were a few errors in his in his national that he was pulled up in, um, which could be slightly worrying here. Um, again, he has to find on the cloth cap who beat him at Kelso as well. So he, he was placed at Cheltenham off a £2 lower mark, but it's a big if if you're going to step forward with him. And I think it might be a three for me for Lakeview, lad. Uh, it slightly worries me um, uh, in this sort of race. He needs to step up again. But Trevor Hemmings loves the race and obviously values him as a, a as a decent runner. Yeah, I, I think three out of ten's uh, a very fair assessment, mate, if I'm honest. I think he'll stay, but... Needs a major career best to define that mark. Winning, winning that grade two probably uh, ruined his chances for for about a year or so because he'd, he'd gone up too high in the weights to win that handicap. But he's not up to open graded company. And yeah, I, I don't give him much of a chance in this three out of ten. I think he's fair. Moving on to number eight, which is Burrow Saint uh, for, for Willie Mullins. Won the Irish Grand National as a novice in 2019. Looked a very, very smart stayer. He's generally been mixing, hurdling and chasing since, but he's acquitted himself well. Good effort back over fences when second to his stable mate, a cappella bourgeois, in the Bobby Joe last time out at Fairy House. That's traditionally Willie Mullins' preferred stepping stone to Aintree. I think he's got a right chance here, Jim. He's still exposed over marathon, unexposed over marathon trips already. He's got a, still remains with potential. And what he's been doing... In albeit races you wouldn't normally consider to be uh, the traditional route to a Grand National for a national winner. He's been performing at a level that suggests he's still got a lot of ability. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. Um, I mean, that Fairy House win when he was a novice, um, he was breathtaking when he did that that day. Um, Got Paul twelve pounds for that, and that and that's fully understandable. Um, he he was putting that Bobby jaw, and he jumped slightly out to his right, which it would be a little bit of a worry for me. Uh, has only ever run at right-handed tracks in Ireland, so over the national fences, you sort of want to be bang on the money and in, in in the groove, and and that's sort of something that would a little bit worry me um, but other than that his profile like Lewis said he is very unexposed at staying distances he had run 
uh, after that victory in the big grade one in uh, Otoy in France in the Grand Steeplechase. Um, again, kept over hurdles, nice jumping, um, nice jumping over hurdles, but over these sorts of fences opens up a whole new kettle of fish and his jumping would be a slight worry for me, but I wouldn't rule him out just yet. I, I think his handicap mark could be a slight bit high, um, but he's been given all these... Uh, he's had the weight added to him because of the performances he's done. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing him over the national fences. I don't think he's going to be quite for me. He might be a 6 out of 10. Oh, I... Really? I'm the glad. Irish national winner who's since gone on to show good form at, you know, at graded level. I'm going to be and, hard. And his first time back in a handicap. We know he stays. He's one of the only horses in the race with clear upside for progression. First time back in a handicap. Only a six. Yeah, I'm harsh. Because he jumped slightly to his left. Because he jumped slightly the wrong way. Yep. Oh, you did this last, you did this last time with, 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 with a Willie Mullins horse. And I'm not going to go off on one. I can't go off on one. But I cannot understand how you think Bristol Demire has as much of a chance of winning this as Burrow. So he should be bang there. He's got a solid 9 out of 10 for me. I think there are very, very few things not to like about him. A 9? Yeah. Sure. Definitely. That's, that's Definitely. That's large. Right. He's second favourite first of all, Jim. So it's not like it's a massive... You know, it's not like I'm going out on a huge limb. You know, he's second in the betting, generally eight to one. He looked like he was going to be a, a proper stayer to follow when he won the Irish National. And this this race has clearly been the plan since because they haven't run him in a handicap chase since, which to me makes me think they think they've got, you know, a little bit of a handle on him. I think the race he was second in last time out will work out to be quite decent. He's got to be banned there. He's one of the likeliest winners of the race for me. Fair enough. Definitely. I'm surprised you only re- reckon a six, even without liking him, mate. I'm surprised at that. As we move on to number nine, Magic of Light, Jesse Harrington. Uh, Runner-up in 2019, went off at 66-1 to one and, and came close to winning the race despite making a, a serious error. At the chair, uh, she's primarily been campaigned against her own sex since she made it back-to-back wins in an admittedly weak-listed mare's chase at Newbury in December. Struggled in better company over two and a half miles at the Cheltenham Festival last time out. This trip will suit more, but it's, it's hard to assess the exact level of a recent form. Impossible to completely rule out on the basis of a last entry showing though, mate. Yeah, she's five pounds higher than that as well, um, and obviously with no Tiger Roll here, it um, she obviously brings the best national form to the table, and um, she has been very disappointing, I think, since this since the second in the race. I would have quite liked to have seen her build upon that, and I know she's been campaigned over hurdles and fences, and she's won. Small renewals of little grade twos and, and grade threes around. Um, I would have quite liked to have seen a kick on. They think she's got enough speed to, for too far. They've campaigned her in a few races over that distance, and she struggled. But stamina is uh, a plenty with her, 
And I think that she might struggle here against a more progressive type. I, I think the handicapper knows where they are with her. I know they've, they've had this race in mind from the beginning. Um, and she does need to improve on the recent efforts. Um, but the improvement, I wouldn't rule out. Um, for me, it might be a five out of ten. I think five is probably about fair, mate. She's one of the ones I, I've had the most trouble uh, getting my head round with this, if I'm honest, just because, well, even her second in the Grand National doesn't fit in with her general profile. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, if, if you were to look at her basic form, it looks it's a bit of an anomaly. I don't. I, I think you've been a little bit harsh in saying she's not kicked on. If you look at the horses she's beaten, she's beaten the ones she should have done. And the time she's been beaten, it's been by better horses at the trip every time. You know, I don't. I don't think she's particularly ever run a, a massive stinker. Uh, but what she's done this year doesn't amount to anything directly regarding a national. You are only really going off her second. Two years ago, if you if you really like that, you can make a case for hitting the frame again. But I generally need to see more in an overall profile uh, that will convince me. This really should be the be all and end all for her. I wouldn't take too much, uh, you know, put too much emphasis on what she had been doing this season on the basis that, that you know the entire year revolves around this for her, but. Yeah, just I, I find I find a hard hard to assess, uh, and I think a five out of ten is probably about right. She's twenty to one, I wouldn't back her at that price. No, maybe if she was fifties, that'd be more at my street. I just to be fair, I really really couldn't see it at all with her when she was second. I think I gave her a one out of ten when she was second in this <laughs> two years ago. Uh, so a little a little bit more convinced this time around. Uh, we move on now to number 10. Another of the Willie Mullins horses is Acapella Bourgeois. Jim, I think this lad's got a right chance. I, I have to agree with you. Um, I, I, I'm sure you're just going to roll through the form. I'll let you fire away. Yeah, look, he's won five times at graded level throughout his career in open open graded company or, or in novice races. I think he clearly retains all of his ability. He gave six pounds and a beating to Burrow Saint last time out to win... The Bobby Joe, he won that race again last season. Gets a pound off Burrow, say, this time, so it's a £7 swing. Uh, you know, he's, he's shown suitability for big field staying handicapped. He was third to Burrow, say, in the Irish National two years ago. I guess I guess the issue is he has been a chancy jumper in the past. Very chancy at times. Uh, but he's been, he's been a little bit better recently. And you can back him at 33 to 1. I think that underestimates him a hell of a lot. I think he's got a real chance. Yeah, um, you can certainly see that. Um, you, you mentioned that he beat Burrow Saint um, by four and three quarter lengths in the Bobby Joe, and he was giving him uh, six pounds that day. Here, Burrow Saint's giving him a pound, um, which has to make him of certain interest if you fancy Burrow Saint in this. Um, my slight worries. Handicaps aren't a cappella bourgeois game. He's not from seven in them, um, which would be a slight worry for me. Um, well, 
fitting the fire Steve. That's one of Ireland's major staying handicap chases. I think that's decent. He was sixth in Fiestes the year prior, third in an Irish Grand National. He doesn't, he hasn't been winning handicaps because he's rated in the mid 150s, which is about where he is because he's a borderline graded level performer. Those races tend to be won by horses who are plotted a little bit, you know, more under the radar and might have £10 above their mark. I don't think Acapella Bourgeois is that sort of horse. But I don't think the Grand National tends to attract that sort of horse because you have to be high enough in the weights to get in, which means you have to have quite an honest campaign. You right. know, the, you, 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 you can hide off 137 to win a Fiestes. There's no point in hiding off 137 to try and win a Grand National because you won't get in. Mm. Yeah, I get Yeah, but a lot of his form... Well, his wins to his name have been in smaller running, smaller runner fields, um, which would be a question mark here. And I, I know he's got bits of place form, but never quite got his head in front. Um, but on his form last time, showed he was in as good a heart as ever. Um, and for that reason, I think I'd give him a seven. He's going to be the other one I give a nine to. I, I, if I could have two against the field, I would Burrow sit and a Capella Bourgeois running for me. Mm-hmm. Willie Mullins is army away from the favourite uh, I think he's got a right chance admittedly I want to see him jump the first three and enjoy it you know because there is half a doubt in the back of my mind that he could be the sort of horse who just decides this isn't for him because admitted, you know if I'm going to be honest when he was a novice chaser and probably the early part of him being a second season chaser didn't like him. Thought he was just a bit soft. Uh, but a lot of the doubts I had about him have been delayed now. I think I think he goes really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're both quite positive on him, I think, and could be a bit of each way value. He's he's the horse who I consider most overpriced in the race. Yeah. I think he should be half the thirty threes that are available. Uh as we move on to number 11, which is talk is cheap for Alan King. Look to a stayer to follow. Two years ago, he won the Bet365 Gold Cup uh, on the last day of the 2018-19 season. That's the race that you know often produces really, really top staying handicap chasers. Gone backwards, though, in free chase starts since. Probably the only positive shines he's shown have actually been on the flat. And he was well beaten at Kempton on his only run over fences this season. In his current form, he's very hard to recommend. Yeah, like you said, that one piece of standout form is is that demolition job in the Bet365 World Cup. Um, he's just not been the same horse almost since then. and um, He's now £5 wrong at the weights after that disappointing Kempton performance. And I'm finding it very hard to make somewhat of a case for him and um, I think he might be an, another one out of ten. Uh, I'd, I'd give him a two because there, there is a key piece of form that if he bounces back to, he could come back and, uh, and, and show it, but this, he's just looked a shadow of his form himself. It's a shame as well because he hasn't really had too much rated since he won that. It's not like he's, you know... Exposed. Yeah, it's not like he's, he's, he's got an old, he's only nine. And if, if this race was run you know, directly after him winning that race, he'd be near enough favourite. Mm. But he's shown he's he's just shown absolutely nothing since. Yeah, I think it'll be a two out of ten for me. 
Fair enough. Move on then to number 12, two-way permi for Noel Mead. Eight years old, but he has had a lot of racing for one his age. Managed to, managed to fit 34 starts into those years. Jim mentioned the Troy Town earlier. Uh, Chris's dream won that race in 2019. Two-way permi won it the year before in 2018, and then he went on uh, to win at grade two level as well. Smart animal. Limpless since then, though, Jim. And find it hard to to say much positives about what he's done. He, I find it hard to really know exactly what he is nowadays. They've gone over hurdles with him. He, he, he generally has been running, I guess, to a similar enough level, but it, he, he shapes as if. He's going to be too high in the weights to win a handicap and not quite good enough to win again at graded level. Although he was third behind the storyteller and Chris's dream in a down royal, you know, the down royal grade one at the start of the season, which would give him a chance if he bounced back to that. But none of his five starts since then have matched that form. Yeah, I feel like they were trying to use um, that chase it down royal last time as a bit of a confidence booster to try and sort of get him back on a bit of a roll and his jumping really wasn't very good um, made plenty of errors before actually coming down um, but then it was found out after the race he had blood in his nostrils which would be a slight worry for him, for me here if, if that was a reoccurring thing it's um, never a good sign when that happens but Hopefully, um, he's all sorted after that. Um, like, like I said, his jumping was sketchy, to say the least, last time. And On his back form, you could give him a chance, but there's a lot of question marks. And Lewis mentioned it. He's had a lot of running to say he's only an eight-year-old. And I think the handicap has got him just about in his grip now. So, for me, he might be a two out of ten. Oh, you are harsh. Oh. Oh, do you know what? I said you are harsh, but I, I, I were only going to give him a three. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think if we were to cumulatively add up what you give him, what I give, I'll probably end up a hundred more than you than yours. Uh, but yeah, look, the, the, there are bits and pieces you can point to that would give two a permit a chance. But there's probably it's probably been more negative than positive of recent. And off his current mark, 155, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be avoiding him. Uh, number 13, this is a very interesting one. Anibal Fly, placed on two occasions in the Cheltenham Gold Cup, and he's got an equally good record in Grand Nationals. He's finished fourth and fifth in the last two renewals of this race, carrying big weights. He's had four starts over fences in the interim since the 2019 Grand National. And he's never be, he's not beaten a single rival home in any of the four. Now, they have all come in good races, and he's now on a rating thirteen pounds lower than on his last entry appearance. But mate, does he require some leap of faith? Yeah, if I was to tell you um, that in his last five starts he's been beaten just under two hundred and fifty lengths uh, in all of them. Um, he's beginning to now look well treated on his form in the past um, of course 
his uh, fifth in the Grand National in 2019. He was staying on strongly towards the end and, and kept on. And he will stay, um, like we've seen um, in the two Gold Cups where he was placed. He does stay on very strongly. Um, if he was to bounce back to any of his form, you've certainly got to put him into the equation. Um, however, there's a big if there in his last couple of starts. He has been very disappointing. Um, I know they did step him down to 2-3 in one of them, which I don't think would have suited him. Um, but he's not the force of all he is now. and um, He may struggle again here, but... If he bounces back, he's well treated. So for that, he's going to get a three. Oh, he's very, very well treated. I'd agree with that. And do you know what? You can, he's run over hurdles last time out uh, last season at Nace on his final start of that season. That that hinted that there was still ability in there. I think I'll give him a, a three as well. May, yeah, may, maybe a three. I, I was I was tempted by a four, but I think a three is because you are looking. This you know this is a horse who was who ran second in the Cheltenham Gold Cup, top 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 class chaser, and he will want every single yard of this trip. And if the ability is still there, he is on a right mark. He is on an absolute gift of a mark. But you, you can't be confident that he is still the same horse. So we're three out of ten. I think he's probably about right. Number fourteen. This is interesting. Mister Malarkey for Colin Tizard. Uh, he's bred to well to run well in this race. His granddam Dubasilla uh, was fourth in the nineteen ninety five national, and he's he's notched wins in prestigious handicaps in both of the last two seasons. He won the Betfair or uh, the Betway Chase, sorry, at Kempton last February. That's a Grade Three. And this December he took the Silver Cup at Ascot. That's a, that's a good list as handicap. Ran well, third at Kempton last time out. But Jim, he, he isn't the most consistent. And you can't uh, rely on him to follow that up again here. Yeah, his jumping is very inconsistent as well. Um, he needs to be asked into every fence. And he does stay, he stays strongly. Um, which, of course, makes him of interest here. Um do you think? Do you think he'll go? I think he will. If he jumps, See, that's, that, that's another thing. I'm not. I'm not mega sure he'll. He's crying out for a, such an extreme test. If he if he jumps, he'll stay. Um, I'm quite sure of that. I I think he's. I I think that he will stay well. It's just he does like to just chance the occasional fence, and if he if he do that over the fences. Uh, at Aintree then there is a chance that I'm presuming John Joe O'Neill will be in the saddle will probably end up on the deck um, I was I liked what he did last time they went a furious gallop at Kempton on that ground and, and he was the one that stayed up there um, and carried on plugging on which was good to see really because he is very inconsistent but when he's on his day he's he's on his day and I think that the better ground, better ground is more up his street. Although I know he has won on heavy uh, early on in the year, but I do think he's a quite a top of the ground horse. Looking at his early form, good ground handicap wins, um, and I think he, I think he's got a chance here if if he, if he's brushed up more and he's jumping. Um, and for that reason, 
I do think he'll stay. I'm quite confident he will. Um, I'm going to give him a four. <laughs> I, I, I love how you, you ended that almost 30 seconds worth of, of positive talking. And you said, I'm going to give him. I was sure that like an eight or a nine would come in. No, no high ones yet. No, uh, look, I'd, I take a lot of what he says about the positives, but for me, they are ifs. I am not, I'm less convinced by you than you are that he's an out and out stayer, despite, you know, him being bred to go well in a Grand National. <laughs> Just doesn't quite strike me as a national horse. And some, sometimes uh, you, you get that impression from him, and sometimes sometimes you don't. I mean, Mr. Malarkey just isn't quite there with me. Not not sure he can back up, you know, more than one good run in a row. Three for me, I think, mate. Fair enough. Move on to number fifteen, which is Kimberlite Candy for Tom Lacey, Richie McLernan. We'll take the rise. He's improved over the past 18 months. I don't think anyone can argue with that. He's finished second in the beat to chase of the national fences uh, in both the last two seasons. In between those two starts, he won uh, the classic chase at Warwick over three miles and five furlongs. A really good staying performance there. Taken well to entry on his two previous visits. No doubt that he'll stay got to have a chance even though he's racing from a career high mark might want more rain though yeah that, that was going to be my first sort of pick at Kimberlite Candy um, I think soft ground's mostly the key to him um, he does stay on very strongly um, he has been very lightly raced since pulling up in the borough since um, Irish National win and this race has always sort of been the plan it was a shame I think he would have gone very close in the race last year. Um, however, um, I think his second in the Beecher was a good good enough performance for me. Nothing too scary about... I, I know he was beating 24 lengths, but he, he beat the field fairly comfortably and they were almost just going to use that as a prep to build it up uh, for the National. And I think this sort of, well, the opportunity to run in the National like this is is what he's been crying out for. Um, Stamina's his game. He'll stay all day. Um, the ground is a, is possibly the only worry. Um, but I'm thinking he might be able to get away with it with his stamina that he's got. And for that reason, I think he's going to get a, the first high score off me of an eight. I'm going eight as well, Jim. I think there are very, very few things you can be negative about Kimberlite Candy. Yeah. Uh, like you said, all, only the ground. Only the ground. If it's, and look, it's not going to be any, any quicker than good to soft. Which isn't, isn't the worst thing in the world. But the more, the more rain he gets, the more his chance increases. But even on good to soft ground, He's a horse who will stay all day. Uh, he's has shown himself to be in good heart over the past eighteen months or so, and we know like Saintree, 
just a very, very solid contender and eight out of ten is completely merited. Yeah, and hopefully Richie McLennan can get his justice for Sonny Hill boy. Number 16, wearing the same clothes of J.P. McManus, is any second now. This is interesting, this one. I always thought he was a little bit soft when he was younger. Didn't like him at all. But he's matured into quite a smart chaser, to be fair. He got off the mark over fences when he won the Kim Muir at the Cheltenham Festival in 2019. And last season, really, he showed there was another spring spring trees, bro. He won a grade three over two miles on his final start last season. You don't get horses who who normally can run well in the Grand National, who are quick enough to win over the minimum trip. But any second now did, and he was good enough to win a grade two over two miles on his final start this season. Yeah, Not many horses have that sort of blend of speed and stamina. He's fascinating. Yeah, and it shows how quickly these form can just turn around like that. And I thought that was a massive positive, his victory over two miles, because it showed that he... He's just quite a, a, a classy animal. I, I, normally, Kim, your winners aren't necessarily um, that classy, but so uh, both. yeah, they're, they're normally just under the category of plodders. Um, and he hadn't shown a lot since that. He'd run in that uh, Grade A handicap chase over two five, and and that was probably the the one bit of form that had stood out prior to that. Um, and then he's he's gone and won them graded races over two miles. Um, not often you you have that sort of blend that Lewis mentioned, which makes him of obvious interest here. If he takes to these national fences, he'll absolutely adore them. Um, of course, Ted Walsh won the race 21 years ago with Papillon, um, and I I wouldn't rule it, rule him out here. I I think he's a fascinating runner. It's great that that he's got the speed you know that he will stay he jumps fairly well in the main and for that reason I think he's got to be a 7 I think I'm going 7 as well Jim I I think there's there's a lot to like about him Mm -hmm. if I'm honest I guess he probably needs to just about prove he stays a, a marathon trip but I think he'd get three and a half, no bother. Similarly enough to what I said about the storyteller. Mm. I, I, I can see him getting to the Melling Road, no problem. It is, those, being able to win a grade two over two miles, having also won a Kim Muir, it sort of like bends your mind, because they aren't the rules of horse racing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that sh- a horse shouldn't be capable of doing both of those things. Uh, Still only nine. I don't really have doubts about his attitude anymore. He's 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 wised up as he's got older. Yeah, seven out of ten. I, I think he's got. I think he's an actual contender for the race, Jim. Yeah, and I, I think he's got a right chance. Number seventeen, Balcoda Flow. I think it's fair to say top class at his peak. He was good enough to win one of the major Cheltenham Festival Grade Ones. He won the Ryanair Chase. Back in 2018. Not won a race since then though. And he's clearly a horse on the downgrade. Uh, only had one attempt at a marathon trip. That was in the cross country chase at the Cheltenham Festival. Last time out. He unseated early. Don't think he's the most obvious stayer in the race. Uh, 
First start in a handicap since he won the Galway Plate in 2017. That is one of the most important handicaps anywhere in the world. But this time, hard to see him winning another one. Yeah, he's got everything to prove, really. His form's been poor of recent. His stamina is a question mark. And will he really enjoy this sort of scrap? Um, Massive question marks for him. Um, there There was a bit of a gamble on him. In the cross country, if I remember, he were about 16 in the morning and he was backed into eights. Um, but he's completely lost his way. He's losing run stands at 13. Um, he needs to find a new spring of life to be competitive here. And for that reason, he's getting a two out of ten. Oh, I'd give him a one. Just really, really don't see it with him. Really don't see it. Not even being placed for over three years. Uh, needs to completely prove he stays. And if I'm honest, I'd, I'd rather see him eating eating grass in a re- lovely retirement paddock somewhere than lining up in a Grand National. If I'm honest, just look at Jiggins Town House stud who, who uh, have owned him for the bulk of his career, sold him before the race to a... a uh, New syndicate, uh, we're not going to go into the details of that because Jesus Christ would be here all week, which has caused a little bit of uproar for various reasons. Uh, and the fact that Jiggins Town deemed him surplus to requirements is probably a, a fair reflection of the level he's at now. He's going backwards further than his mark is, and that, it, to me, he shapes like a very, very unlikely stay of one out of ten. Mm-hmm. Number 18, another of the horses Jeanstown actually put up for sale uh, last month, Alfred Enzobo, didn't meet his reserve, so he's still wearing the Jeanstown colours. Solid grade two, grade three level performer across the last two seasons. Uh, he has had another go at the Grand National. He came down at the chair in 2018, but he was uh, fine enough with the big fences when running well under a big weight when third in the beach last season. This year, though, he's just looked a bit regressive. His fourth in the cross-country at Cheltenham last time out was a clear best effort of the campaign. Generally, just looked a bit of a shadow of his former self prior to that. And race this deep, probably a bit vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I, I thought his fourth last time was a lot more encouraging. Um, the better ground seems to always seems to seem in, in better effect and um, he he was ploddy at Cheltenham last time, and um, it was nice to see him come back to somewhat of a bit of form. And he does need to he does need to improve on everything that he's done so far uh, in the last couple of seasons. But he does handle good ground. Whether he quite wants this much of a stamina test is is a bit of a question mark. But I don't think he's hopeless outsider. Just off the top of your head, Lewis, without looking at form, how many years ago do you think he won the Sefton Novice Hurdle? Here at the Grand National Meeting? Uh, yeah. I think he was a Novice Hurdler in 2016. So that would make five years? Yeah, I think, six, he, I think, I think that was 2016. Years ago. Six years ago he won it. Which, 2015? Yeah, it feels like an absolute oh. eternity. Well, it was an eternity. So, I mean, he's he's 
got to improve even more on his form last time. And at the age of 11, you're not really expecting him to find that much improvement. And, and I don't think he's a hopeless outsider, but I think others have got a better chance. Maybe that's... I'm being more fair there. And for that reason, I think he gets a 3 out of 10. Yeah, I think I might go 2. Just because, to be fair, at his best, he's the exact sort of force that would have gone well in the Grand National. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, last season's renewal was cancelled and he didn't run in the 2019 race. You know, at that sort of form, he'd have, he'd have had a profile that would have been very, very encouraging for this. But it just looks like he's gone backwards, getting older. Uh, probably... Probably a two out of ten for me, I think, with Alfred Ball. Moving on to number 19. OK Corral. Very, very fragile sort. Uh, he's only made the track 14 times across 11 years. But he is a horse with a lot of natural talent. He came close to winning the Albert Bartlett at the Cheltenham Festival. That's a grade one. As a novice hurdler back in 2018. He's smart over fences as well on his day, but He's quite inconsistent. The biggest win of his career came in the Sky Bet Chase at Doncaster last year. Only had one run this season, which was at the Cheltenham Festival, and he pulled up, he finished lame. Another injury. Not an ideal prep, mate. And his hardiness has to be a worry here. Sort of hustle and bustle. Can't see it suiting him. Tried him over a marathon trip as well at the Cheltenham Festival two years ago when he ran in the National Hunt Chase over four miles. Didn't seem to enjoy it pulled up. <sighs> Has to answer questions. Yeah, certainly agreed. Early days he was um, looked really, really talented, but obviously injury woven in the middle. And um, He's £5 higher than his Skybet victory at Doncaster. Um, Derek O'Connor rode in that day and gets on really well with him. Um, Will he break Nicky Henderson's duck in the race? I don't think he will. Um, however, in interviews, he's been very positive about the way he jumped over fences. Um, that is Nicky, isn't it? Yeah, he's positive with everything, to be honest. The more, the more positive Nicky is about a horse, the less of a chance he has. Because he, 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 he puts the dampeners on the horses he thinks are actually going to win. <laughs> and then he talks up the ones he thinks are going to lose. So there's no, so there's no pressure on the ones he thinks are going to win. He always does that. Yeah. So it, he's hoping to try and break his duck. I think JP McManus has got better chances, uh, and I think he'll be well beaten here. Possibly see him pull him up, um, and for that reason, he's going to be a one. Oh mate, mate. Another one. I, said, I thought this was going to be a gold cup horse when he was younger. I thought he was that good. You know, it's ju- just a shame that he's been blighted by injuries. Uh, but yeah, don't don't quite see him as a Grand National horse. Uh, I'll, I'll give him a three out of ten because he's smart enough to go well if he's on his day. But I don't want I don't want a horse first time here after being lame mm. last time out, especially with his overall profile of of not being able to take much racing. Uh, number twenty. This is a horse who does take his racing, taking risks. Uh, was a regular on the on the Northern Handicap circuit, you know, you'd, you'd see him plodding round the likes of 
you know, your Carlisles and your Weatherbys and your Kelsos. And for some reason, as he's got older, he's he's become a much, much, much improved horse. He's won a major handicap in each of the last three seasons. You know, he's 12 now, well into the veteran stage of his career, but he took the Scottish National in 2019. The rehearsal chase last season, and he won the Skybet chase this year. Clearly in fine form again, ran well in the rehearsal chase again this year. Lacks the pace and the potential of many of his rivals in here, but this is a horse who does stay all day and he will fight when he's asked to. Yeah, he's like a fine wine. He's matured with age. Um, and his form is pretty remarkable. Um, he's, he's wins in his placings. He's been in the, in the placings 18 times, including his wins as well, out of 34 starts. That's better than half, which I don't think there's many handicappers that are as consistent as him, uh, at this level. His victories, in uh, the Scottish National, he's beaten Cloth Cap before. All a bit, there was a pound difference between them then. He was giving Cloth Cap a pound. Um, of course, there's a difference at the weights uh, in this today. He's in um, two here, it's minimal. Yeah, very little, but the only thing that he's got on his side is, is, is age. But uh, taking risks seems to be finding more and more each time, I thought. He was very game to win that sky bet at Doncaster, beating I right. The former that has been somewhat franked with a third at Cheltenham in the Ultima. Captain Nord has bumped into Raw Pagai early on in the season. Um, Canelo had been ultra consistent and won the Roland Merrick. So that sky bet form last time was pretty solid. And I, I certainly wouldn't rule him out being competitive here. I think 50 to 1 is a fair old price, um, but he's a tremendous sort for, for Nicky Richards. Um, and I think if he enjoys the fences, he could, he could be a fair old each way price. Uh, 50 to 1, I think, is about him. And I, I, I wouldn't. Best price 40s, mate. You can get 40 is his best price at the minute, which I still think he's too big. Yeah, I, I think that's disrespecting him purely because of his age and it's his first chance to prove himself in this sort of race. But. I, I think he's got a cracking chance. Um, and for that reason, I think I'm going to give him a six. Six is going to be my shot as well, and I wouldn't put anyone off back in taking receipts. Like, look, he is the least sexy horse in the race. By a shadow, by a long way, there is nothing particularly flashy or sexy about him. But, like Jim said, he... He's, for some reason, after looking exposed as below the level to even get into a Grand National for, you know, a large swathe of his career, suddenly when he turned 10, improved a good stone. Looks, looks in good form this season. And, yeah, well, there may be one or two who are, who will prove to be better at the weights and have more improvement to come from them of this sort of trips but they can't be that many you look at and think are as guaranteed to get around and are as guaranteed to show form in this sort of race Scottish National winner rehearsal chase winner Skybet chase winner I am staggered that a horse with that record is 40s in the Grand National especially when he's been running well this year uh, he's 12 because he's from a smaller yard because he's from the north 
and because he's an old boy, disregard all of those things. He should go well in this race. Six out of ten is fair and he's too big a price. Agreed. He'll love a fight as well. Won't want to get on the wrong side of him. Uh, number 21. One of the mayor's shattered love. Grade one winner at the Cheltenham Festival back in the day as a novice. Uh, she won the JLT, which is now the Marsh, the grade one novice chase over two and a half miles. Interesting that they're coming here with her. Her only wins since have come uh, against Mayes. She's won back-to-back renewals of a listed race at Claude Mel. Third in the uh, champion Mayes chase at the Cheltenham Festival last time out over two and a half. Probably stays free nowadays. Not sure she wants too much further though. No. Early on in her career, you, you thought that she had plenty of stamina in abundance, but they seem to have kept her at 2-4, two, 2-5 two, um, and it's interesting that they are going here um, she ran okay at Cheltenham behind Cole Reeve and Ellie May, two up and coming mares um, but she's been on the block for a while and and I feel like a, a, a sort of form and record in, in handicaps uh, sort of and, and bigger fields sort of puts me off slightly, she's Never sort of performed as much in, in these bigger field races. Um, she tends to enjoy to dominate in, in small smaller races, um, and she has a lot to prove. And um, I, I think, for me, she's going to get a two. Yeah, I'd say that's about fair. They did uh, give her a go at a marathon trip before as well. She ran in the Irish National uh, that Borough Saint one two years ago and didn't get home there, pulled up. As if she was a non-stayer. I'd, I don't like horses running in these small field Irish listed and graded events. I like horses with gun solid handicap form. I don't really think Shattered Love is that. And I think a 2 out of 10 is fair considering the fact that she needs to prove she stays as well. Mm-hmm. Number 22 is Jet. This is interesting. He is as short with one firm as 20s. He is as big with another firm as 100s. Quite a wide disparity of opinion on the chance Jet holds in this race. Uh, bought, bought for the National midway through last season, really, with this race in mind, by owner Robert Whaley calling for his son Sam to ride. Sam, despite being an amateur, has one of the best records of any jockey around the Aintree fences. Don't let his amateur status put you off. He's as good as the pros. Uh, unfortunately, though, Jim, Jet hasn't been very good recently. No, that, that, that's the major negative here. His form of recent hasn't been anything to go by. It's almost as if Robert Willie Coins jinxed him. Um, <laughs> quite a quick regression. Um, and it's, it's, he's, he's won two graded races in Ireland. You know, smart horse at his best, but just... Operating below that level nowadays. He's very hard to fancy on his recent form, and um, of course you have to respect the Willie Cohen's round round the national fences. But I'm finding it very difficult. I'd like to you to call out who's putting twenties on jet because um, that's embarrassing. Um, for me, it's a one. I, I I really can't see him being competitive at all here. I think he'll just struggle. Yeah, he, 
just just no real sign of any sort of resurgence this campaign. He did have a sighter over these fences. He was a well-beaten eighth in the beacher. Nothing he's done in the past 12 months would seem pose a threat for that reason. I think a one out of ten is fair. It's, well, it's Skybet who think he's a 20 to one shot. Uh, mental. Embarrassing. If, if you're backing him at 20s, you know, can I just, take your money, please? Just chuck your money on the floor. Go outside and, and chuck it on the floor. Now. Yeah. Shame's all, because again, I guess I said like with Alfredes of all, but if. If if he'd, if he'd have lined up a year earlier, you could have, you could have made a case for him. But just looks like he's going to be going backwards recently. A horse who isn't going backwards, though, and a horse who I am very enthusiastic to say lots of nice things about, is one of my favourite horses in training. Number twenty-three, Lord Do Menil. Uh, Jim, this horse has a fantastic attitude. He's really, really hardy, really resolute, brave. Performed consistently well across a series of really, really tough stamina tests as a novice last season. You know, almost, almost as if you know when Eddie Izzard kept running marathons day after day. <laughs> that was kind of what Lord Dumeni kept doing last season. Kept running races that you think, oh, that's a tough race, and then he comes back and runs well in another race. You think, oh, that's a tough race. The cat is one of the most outstanding seasons of a horse backing himself up consistently across hard races in a, in a year. And he's in really good form this time around. Really, really game, as per usual, in victory, winning the Grand National Trial at Haydock last time out. Will say the trip seemed to take well enough to the fences when running well in the Grand Sefton in December. Looked a little bit short of fitness, but travelled well enough for a long way. We'll want as much rain as possible, but this lad is as likeable as he comes. I will probably cry if he wins the race. I, I, I can't believe that Eddie Izzard has got a mention in the Grand National preview. I don't think you get that anywhere else. Um, like you said, he's he's a really strong stayer. He's a really likeable horse. But my only worry in this is he's going to fall on the ground. He enjoys a bog, and that's certainly not what it's going to be here. Um all his his decent form has been soft or better. Um, like you said, he had the sighter over the, in the Grand Sefton, um, and that was over an adequate trip, and he wasn't ready. Picked up a slight knock early on in the season up in Scotland, um, and I mean he'll stay, but I think maybe the ground gives me slight reservations about him. I hope he runs a cracker because. I think he's a tremendous horse. Richard Hobson's done a tremendous job with him. Um, I think he's a, a, a massive respect to Richard Hobson. I think he's got a lot of nice, strong stayers. Um, and I, I hope I hope Lord of Manee runs with plenty of credit here. Like I said, I think I won't mind him winning, even though I didn't have a penny on him. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I don't think I'll back him, Jim. At the current prices, like you said, I, I worry the ground might be a little bit too quick for him. But I see no reason why he wouldn't jump round to seem to take well enough to entry on his last appearance here. Definitely will stay and definitely will fight when he's asked to. I think he's a solid 7 out of 10. Yeah, I think it'd be a 6 for me. It's just the ground that's a worry. Fair enough, mate. Another horse who I think might go well here is number 24, Potter's Corner. Uh, he won the Midlands National on his final run of the 18-19 season. 
And then he confirmed himself of one of the best day and handicap chases in Britain by winning the Welsh National on his next chase start last year. He has been quiet over hurdles on his last two outings, but looked like ability re- remained over fences when he was a respectable third over Cheltenham's cross-country fences in November. He missed the big cross-country championship race at Cheltenham last month due to a minor injury, but he stays well, and I can see a three suiting him. Goes on the shortlist, mate. Yeah, uh, you're a lot more positive and confident about him uh, than me. I, I think he needs to show a little bit more than what he's been showing. Um, they've been trying to keep his powder dry, keeping him over hurdles, um, so that they don't make him look as exposed or, or sort of expose his handicap mark. His third in the cross country was eye catching. Um, it didn't inspire me that he'll enjoy these sorts of fences. I thought his jumping was a bit chancy. Um, but they ran him over hurdles at Warwick and then, like you said, picked up a slight niggle uh, the week before the cross country. I would have quite liked to have seen him be there, which coming into this gives me a slight worry. Um, he, he's, he was a decent third on good ground uh, over the cross-country fences early on in the year. So the ground's not something that I'm too worried about, although he has won um, a couple of times on heavy. I think he's quite versatile. Um, Of course, there's no doubt with his stamina, but is he necessarily in as good a form as I'd like him to be? No. Coming off that pulled-up effort at Exeter. And for that reason, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's there or thereabouts. But for that reason... It's a 5 out of 10 for me. I think he's another solid 7, Jim. I I pay a little bit less attention to the hurdles runs than I think you do, because like I said, I think they are for fitness. I think they were warming him up for Cheltenham. And then as a stepping stone to the Grand National, I'm not as worried about him missing Cheltenham as as you are either, because it was it was a... Minor injury, and I don't think it's it's something that should should affect him today. You know, if if Cheltenham was a week after, he'd probably would have been there. So it, it, it's it's not a major worry for me. Uh, just just two things I I like in a Grand National profile. Uh, will he definitely stay? Yes. And has he been able to show form in big field handicap chases? Yes. Not immediately makes him a, gen- a decent contender. Has he ran well enough this season to suggest that the ability is still there? I would say his third at Cheltenham makes that a yes. Uh, so a solid 7 out of 10 and maybe edging the 7.5. I think he's closer to an 8 than Lord Manil is. Right. I don't know why I'm bringing decimals into it. <laughs> Let's not make this any more complicated than what it already is. Needs to be a bit, no, I'll give him a chance. He'd be the first Welsh winner of the Grand National since... Can you have a guess? No. 1905. <laughs> there you go. Kirkland. The last Welsh winner of the Grand National. Uh, number 25 is Class Conte. Interesting, another of the Willie Mullins team. He's the third of his siblings to run in the Grand National. Uh, the younger brother, Silviniaco Conte, who was... One of the best staying chases of his generation. He had a go at the Grand National uh, as an old boy. And Yagello Conti ran two fairly decent races uh, in the Grand National uh, three or four years ago. 
Cross Conti himself has got a fairly solid record in top-level Irish handicaps. He's been placed in the previous two renewals of the Fiestes. Uh, was fourth in the Leinster National last month. Though, still yet to prove his stamina over a marathon trip, and I don't think there's too much hidden from the handicapper here. Yeah, I, I agree. Question marks on the distance. Um, still got proved to me as well on, on better ground that he is uh, just as good on that as he is on, on, on the deeper ground. Um, his best runs have been on right-handed tracks and that would be three worries for me in this. Um, and I, I think he's a decent horse but the handicapper knows where he is with him and um, for that reason he's, he's about a three out of ten. I think I'd go four. But yeah, I it, if if you were to uh, let me rank every horse one to forty in order of how how keen I'd be to be with them, I think Clash Conti would rank maybe about twenty sixth or twenty seventh. Mm. Not not badly out of form at all, but just looks like the handy up and knows exactly where he is. Uh, number twenty six. This is interesting. Milan native for Denise Foster. He won the Kimura at the Cheltenham Festival last season and we mentioned it earlier but that race can often produce future Grand National types Ballard Briggs uh, the winner of the 2011 race won the uh, Kim Muir the year prior to winning that Cause of Causes was second in a in a Grand National he also went and won the Kim Muir the year before that so it is a good race to look at when looking for Grand National types and he began this season well as well when he edged out Discarama in a, in a small field event at Galway. Not been much to shout about since, and he jumped quite badly at Cheltenham last time out, to be honest. But he shouldn't have an issue with a trip this far. And in this sort of contest, I think he remains with potential. He could be overpriced if he takes to entry. Yeah, I, I have to somewhat agree in that aspect. Um I think he will stay. Um, like you said, he's jumping last time in the ultimate. Cheltenham was pretty poor for him. Um, and I still think there's a bit more to come from him. He's only eight. I, I do feel like there's a bit more progression to come from him. Um, his performances haven't been too bad this year. Like you mentioned, Discarama, a horse who I've got a lot of time for. And Manella Indo, of course, the subsequent Cheltenham Gold Cup winner. Um, he's, he's run in the paddy power. Um, was was an odd one really um, just never really put into the race at all he was never there or thereabouts but um, his mark what do you think of his mark I think he's a bit high uh, and possibly a bit harsh on what he's shown so far uh, no nah, not really no not really. He's, he ran well in some good, decent beginners chases last season, went and won at the Chocolate Festival, and then he beat Discarama, who we know is a smart enough animal. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried about that. I don't think he's badly handicapped. Right, fair enough. Um, I think he's a decent price. 33s, I think he said at the start. I won't put you off backing him, but he, he won't be for me. And for that reason, I think he'll be a. I think he's a six. I think I'd go 6 out of 10 as well. There has been a little bit more support of him. There's one book he's standing out on 28, so the rest are all 25s at the minute. Uh, I think that's about fair, and I, I wouldn't rush to put you off back in Milan, mate. If I'd give him a 6 out of 10, and yeah, could, can, see the, can see the case completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 27 is Disco Rama for Paul Nolan. 
this lad might go well. He's a very, very hardy staying sort who's been placed on three occasions at the Cheltenham Festival, including when a narrow runner-up in the National Hunt Chase on four miles two years ago. Uh, looked in good heart on his seasonal debut when only a short head behind Milan native at Galway. Though it was inexplicably disappointing at Cheltenham next time out. You know, it's a track he, he tends to go very, very well at. Very much a typical national type though and wouldn't be a major surprise to see him bounce back and go well here. This is your Grand National winner. Right here in the way. The the bridesmaid will become the bride. Um, like Lewis said, agonising uh, to be beaten so close by LeBroy in the in the National Chase. He stays, he jumps. Barring last time, he's ultra consistent. Goes well fresh. Third behind uh, the conditional in the Ultima last year. So the form of that reads so well. He beat Aplutar in Grade 1 company. Um, he's... Um, he's... I, I can't describe to you how much I think he's got such a good chance in this. Um, he's... You sort of... I'm glad that they've decided to go for this because he, he did have the entry in the Irish National as well. But I think the sort of national trip might bring out even more to him. The extra two furlongs, the fences, um, he, he likes to be ridden quietly, creeping into the race, warming up over them fences. I, th- I think he's got an absolute outstanding chance. Brian Cooper's the man who will be on board. I, I think... With him back on board, I, I think he's got an absolute tremendous chance here. Um, and off a, a strong stayer, off such a lightweight, I think I think he takes all the beating. And for that reason, he's going to 10. 10 out of 10 for Discarama. Yeah. What price can you get, mate? 18s, 20s. It's fair. It's fair, best price 18. I mean, he has been, that has been supported this week, hasn't he? He was, he was definitely bigger this time last week. Yeah, he was 20, 25-33s last week. And I can see the case, mate. I'm maybe not quite as confident as you are. But, you know, like I say, forming big field handicaps stays well. Albeit disappointing last time, but there was a good run prior to that this season. Lots to like. I give him a solid 7 out of 10. I think he's got, like I say, I think he's got a chance. Won't put anyone off him, and you're very, very confident. Yeah, I, I, I think he's the winner of this race. Interesting, interesting. Moving on to number twenty-eight, Vieux Leon Rouge. What a boy! This lad, I think it's fair to call him a, a modern entry legend. To be fair, has nine spins over the Grand National fences in his career. Never fallen, and he won his second beat to chase. Back here in December. Loves it here. If he gets round in the Grand National, he'll break the record for the most national fences jumped, even more than Red One. The problem being, though, he's not managed to get closer than sixth in four previous attempts at the National, and he's generally just tended to want for the final half mile worth of stamina. Doesn't look particularly well weighted nowadays, he's 12. Uh, and I think he's likely to get round in midfield than. At the front. Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if you could bet on to finish 10th or 8th or something like that, I reckon he could probably be there or thereabouts. Um, absolute tremendous um, 
for David Pipe and that victory in the beach was devastating. Um, he's been sort of found out off these sorts of marks before. He's, he's running the race off 146, 149, 150, 146, so off a mark of 148 here. Um, he needs to improve, and at the age of 12, you're not really expecting that. Um, tremendous sofa connections, 5 out of 10. I, I give him a, a four. Look, he doesn't win the race, does he? No, he doesn't win. But I'm, I'm, if he was placed, it wouldn't surprise me. And it'll be a cracking story if if he gets round and breaks a record. I'd I'd call that as as you know not quite as good as winning, but near enough to him because he is a hot horse that Aintree should name a race after. Mm. Up up the early on, Rouge, we all like him, and, and hopefully he gets round and breaks that record. That'll be a nice little subplot. To this season's Grand National Cross, he is a really, really likable animal. Number 29, the hot favourite, a short of 7-2 for the Grand National, is Cloth Cap. Now, this lad, he showed promise when he was third in the Scottish National on only his fourth chase start in 2019, but he has really blossomed this season. He produced a spectacular round of jumping when he won the Ladbrokes Trophy in November. Now, Jim, would, would you say it's fair to consider the Ladbrokes Trophy? It used to be called the Hennessy if any casual listeners have heard of that race before, it's probably the only other staying handicap chase that rivals the Grand National in terms of prestige and importance to the calendar. Gold Cup horses go and run in Ladbrokes trophies. The National's the only other race, really, they turn up in. Even better form when he was upped in grade to demolish Lakeview Lad, and definitely read at Kelso last time out. And that performance now leaves him £14 well in at the weights. Because the Grand National weights come out in February, anything done after that deadline isn't affected. So Cloth Cap runs here off a mark of 148. He's now officially rated 162, which means he's £14 well in. Stays, jumps, he's deservedly clear favourite. The only mind negative you could have, Jim, is he won't want much rain, likes quick ground. Yeah, I agree. And, like, he was destructive in that Ladbrokes Trophy early season. Led although led until uh, the third and then got back in front after the fifth and made the race his own. Tom Scudamore's gets on really, really well with him. Uh, rode him to his two victories this season. Um, dominated from the front in the Premier Chase at Kelso. Beating decent horses. Um, of course, them performances on good ground. Um, I, I I don't have that many stamina queries about him. I, I know there's a few people that are slightly worried. Um, I thought he finished slightly weakly in that Scottish National that time, but he's, he's a better horse than what he was then. So I wouldn't rule out further improvement to this marathon trip. Um, my slight worry is he's had two very hard races already. Now, the National isn't an easy race by any means, and he has one way of going, and that's fairly forcefully from the front. Does he have another race in him like this is a different question. He is well in at the weights, but can he can he be as aggressive over this trip as he has been over others? That leaves me a slight question mark. But on on form and on handicap weights, uh, on ground and on distance, they're all positives. And for that reason, he's got he's got to get a nine. 
I'd agree, a 9 out of 10 look, I'd... I wouldn't back him, though. I wouldn't back him at that price. I'd never back a horse in the National at, nine, at 72. No, me neither. Me neither. It's, it's not my style, but... Look, if... There is one horse who clearly has almost everything going for him, and it is Cloth Cap. I, I wouldn't even agree with you, Jim, about the fact that I think he's had tough races. The in-running comments for both the Kelso win last month and his winning Ladbrox trophy both end with the word comfortably. But they, you know, they still take no, a lot out of him during the race. No one to touched him on either occasion. No one came close to touching him on either occasion. And I'm, I'm going <laughs> I'm glad he has because he's a horse who I I really liked. To be fair, as an obvious, I think I, I think I backed him for the Scottish National when he was placing it on only his fourth start. And last last season was a little bit of a of a plateau, but this this year has just been fantastic. The application of cheek pieces, uh, which were put on him for the first time at Newbury, seemed to have really really sharpened him up. Nine out of ten has to has to be uh, the figure. It's immensely boring, immensely boring, and that's why maybe I'm trying to poke around a bit and fight and give give good good mentions to horses at a little bit bigger prices. But the favourite for the Grand National is the right one this year. Yeah, agreed. Number thirty, another of the William Mullins horses is his mare Cabaret Queen. A horse who has shown good form in a big field handicap chases in Ireland. She won the Munster National at Limerick last season and won, and won the Kerry National at Listowel this year. Also third in the Galway Plate in the summer. Formo has tailed off a little bit as the winter's gone on. Pulled up against better opposition in the champion mares chase at Cheltenham last time out, Jim. Not sure she really wants an out-and-out slog either. Yeah, like you said, she, she's been tremendous in big field handicaps. Um, I feel like off a mark of 148, um, she's slightly found out. She, since, since she's been put up six for that uh, victory in the Kerry National, uh, she struggled to sort of find a foothold. Uh, and where she is and I think she'll struggle in this um, and for that reason I think she's a 3 out of 10 I think I go 2 mate fair yeah what would it be for me moving on to number 31 Minella Celebration by far the best horse trained by Katie Price not that one uh, uh, and he's done really well to earn himself a place in the Grand National lineup. He won the Summer Cup at Yatoxita in the summer. Our summer jumping tends to be bad, but that's one of the bigger races of the summer jumping calibre. And then he absolutely bolted up uh, on his first start, really, of the season proper when winning a veterans chase over the mild May course here at Aintree. Unseated over the big fences in the beach. Uh, not quite at the same level of form at Kempton last time out. He's done really, really well to get up to a mark that gets him into a Grand National, but he needs to prove now that he can compete off it, and he hasn't done that yet. Yeah, since being put, put up 12, um, he's, he's, the handicapper seems to have put his, his mark on him, and um, I also think he's got a bit of stamina to answer for. 
and I, I know he's won over three two, but he's never stood out to me as being the strongest of stayers. And for that reason, I think he's a, I think he's a one. I go two out of ten. I, I like seeing mid, you know, mid-level decent handicap chasers get themselves up to a mark that gets them into a Grand National. That's something I enjoy seeing. I think the only other one that, that applies to this season is Ami Debois, who was, you know, who him, his, himself and Minella Celebration have kind of outperformed what they have been doing the last few years and have been able to get into a Grand National because of it. So fair play to both their connections. You know, neither of them would have got in last year. But yeah, I think he's got a job on a winning this. I'd give him a two. Mm. I think I'll be a little bit more positive than you, but I think he's an unlikely winner. Number 32, this is interesting. Canelo for Alan, for Alan King. Uh, he's enjoyed a really, really good campaign. Second season chaser. He won on the mild May course at Aintree in November. Before he proved he could mix it in good three-mile handicaps by taking the Roller Merit Chase at Weatherby on Boxing Day. That's a grade three. I guess an only, only an adequate effort when beaten favourite in the Grimfort Chase at Doncaster last month. But I'm not particularly sure he shapes like he's crying out for this sort of stamina test and he'll need more to defy this career high mark against the opposition here, I think. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, he's, a, he's had a really, really good season. I've got a, I just think he's a bit of a... Not a strong stayer at the trip. Um, he was worried out of it in the Grimthorpe at Doncaster. Um, I think the handicappers got him in his grasp now, and and he's sort of, of course, he didn't need to have got to the race, and he has been to running the race. But um, I think he might struggle at the trip. Um, I think he prefers better ground, which would be a positive. But he's in as good a heart as he's ever been. Um, I don't think he's got the sort of cojones for this sort of race. Um, and for that reason, it's a 2 out of 10. I go a little bit more positive, 3 out of 10. But yeah, not sure Not sure he's his strongest stayer, if I'm honest. Another one in the colours of JP McManus, as Canelo is, is number 33, the long mile to Philip Dempsey. Admittedly, Jim, at the start of the season, I didn't know very much about this horse. Uh he had been doing quite well, though, last year. Won three times, twice at Gorin and once at Nace. Continued to progress this season. Won the competitive Tim Duggan race over two miles and three furlongs at Limerick over Christmas. Absolutely bottled up there as well. Won by 22 lengths. Last time out, third in the Bobby Joe behind a cappella bourgeois on Burrow Saint. The key sticking point is, mate, almost all of his best form is over around two miles shorter than this trip. Yeah. And, and, also, in, and in weaker races. Yeah. And and also on heavy heavier ground and and spring like conditions aren't necessarily gonna be or are more unproven uh here and he's he's unexposed like at this sort of level I reckon. Stepping up into a race like this could spring a bit more improvement. I think he's a fascinating runner. Um, bits and pieces of form over shorter distances are really, really good. But um, I didn't think he was disgraced last time in the Bobby Joe. Um, all five of them runners turn up here. I think he's interesting, but I think he needs to improve quite a bit more. And for that reason, I think he's a four out of ten. Yeah, the Bobby Joe run was good. I'll give him that. 
and he, I think he's the most left field runner in this race. If I'm honest, I look at him and I kind of think, why, why, whose idea was this? You know what I mean? Mm. But he is a horse who has been going the right way for the past eighteen months. Definitely improving. Obviously on a career high mark now. Surely needs a massive career best though to win this over a trip he's unproven over. Yeah. In a race is deep. I'd give him a three out of ten, mate. Fair enough. Number thirty four. Give me a copper. Interesting. Look, he's he's definitely been frustrating for his owners, uh, which includes Sir Alex Ferguson and Ronnie Wood. Uh, injuries have restricted him to only 13 runs. He's 11 now, you know, averaging only just over one run a year. That's aw- that's awful. To put that into context, Yalarenki was the same age as had, what, 43, I think? I'll just double check that, but it must, he's close to almost four times as much give me a cop as had. Uh, the biggest win on his CV came when he won the uh, Badger Beers chase at Wincanton in November 2019. That's a traditional good staying handicap chase and he was a narrow runner-up at Donny on his reappearance this year. Pulled up last time out though and I think even when he is able to make it to the track he's beginning to look a little bit in and out. Probably should get four miles but I think others have a lot less to prove. Yeah, I agree and um, his jumping's a slight worry for me. He likes to put in the occasional mistake, and uh, over these fences, I think he, if he does go for that, he might um, become a cropper. Um, I, I don't really have a lot more to add. I, I don't think this uh, will suit him as much. I, I think he will stay, but I don't think he's up to the quality of the race that he is this year. And um, he likes good, good to soft ground. That's one positive. For that reason, he's going to get a three. Three out of ten for me as well for giving me a copper. Yeah. Number thirty-five. Far class. Seven years old. Started running as four uh, as a three-year-old on the Friday flats. Went hurdling as a juvenile. Won the Triumph Hurdle, which is a championship event for juveniles at the Cheltenham Festival in twenty eighteen. Didn't mix it, wasn't good enough at the top level over hurdles in open company. Did well enough over fences, won his first three starts and has held his form really well in good handicaps since placed uh, in the Paddy Power over three miles in Ireland over Christmas and in the Leopardstown Chase. They're two of the most important handicap chases in Ireland all season. The Leopardstown Chase is over two and a half. Runner up again at the Cheltenham Festival last time out. In, in the uh, in the mild May of Fleet, which again, I, I think generally tends to be the strongest Cheltenham Festival handicap chase. But the massive issue is this is a horse who has only gone three miles once, didn't look the strongest there at the trip, and he's got more form over two and two and a half than he does over three. Yeah, and and on that three mile run where he was third, he pulled very hard. Um, so that'd be a major worry for me about the distance. You won't often think um, the sort of profile he has that these sorts of distance would be up his street. He would have won at Cheltenham last time if he hadn't been shunted. Um, and for that reason, I th- I think he's a three. Um, I don't think he stays very well. 
and I, I think he needs to improve even more. Oh, I don't think so. I think he's done. I think he's done really, really well this year. I think he's had a cracking campaign, think, and he's probably, he'll, he'll, he'll probably end up being well injured. I think the Topham will be a better option for him. Yeah, me too. Me too. The, the Topham is a race uh, on the day before the Grand National over two and a, over two and a half miles, which I agree. I think Farclass would be more suitable in. Uh, I do know. I think he'll go well for about two and a half to three miles. I can see him. I can see him taking to the course. I can see him being prominent, jumping, jumping around, and then being found wanting for stamina. Three out of ten. Okay. Number thirty-six is a horse whose form lines match closely enough with Farclass. He was runner-up in the Leopardstown Chase, which Farclass was fourth in on his last start. This is Manila Times. The gamble of the race, Jim. It has to be said. Available at what forties, fifties a month ago. But then due to the, the success of Rachel Blackmore, who isn't jocked up yet, but we all think he's going to ride in, he's now as short as 12 to 1. Done really well this season. Uh, one win and two seconds, all coming in competitive handicap chasers. He's been risen £15 in the ratings. Problem though, Jim. Don't think he's a stayer. Mm. Really don't think he's a stayer. Yeah, I have to agree. I, so The Rachel Blackmore factor... Uh, as brought in if he was 40 to 1 you could understand why um, like you, you said he's forming these Irish handicaps have been decent over 3 miles 2-5 um, this is a different kettle of fish and I, I think he needs to step up even more on what he is here um, and as much as we quite like to see a female winner of the Grand National uh, I don't think Manila Times is the horse to do that over this trip Um but hopefully a safe spin round for Rachel and not for me, but I think I'd give him a four out of ten. I think he's he's the worst price horse in the race. Yep, I agree. I agree. If 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 you were to to give me one horse that I think I should be double his price, it'll be Rachel Blackmore. Well, Rachel Blackmore's mount, and it's because of Rachel Blackmore. She's fantastic, but the horse is priced at twelve to one because of her rather than because of him. And he's got to be the one that's got to stay four and a half miles and jump around. Admittedly, in cracking form, you know, came very, very close to winning a good race last time and was second in the Paddy Power over three miles at Christmas. You know, it's top level Irish handicap form. But he was going backwards over three miles and prior to that, most of his best form looks to be coming around the two and a half mark. Not convinced he wants his sort of trip, and yeah, I'd give him a five out of ten. Fair enough. Number thirty-seven, sub lieutenant, another of the ex Town recruits. Uh, he was actually sold at the start of the season uh, to Georgie Howell, who is yet to have a winner under her name. She she trains and owns a horse. Needs to break her duck in the Grand National. What a way it would be for her to do that. This lad was top class, over two and a half miles at his best. He was probably unlucky to never win a grade one when he was trained by Henry de Bromhead. And he did take well to the entry fences when he was second in the top of, in 2019. And to be fair, Jim, I think, I think he's shown sparks this season to suggest that he's not com- a completely spent force. You know, the, 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 there have been positives he could have taken from some of what he's done this year, uh, but he's definitely on the downgrade and looks a doubtful stayer over this trip. 
Uh, nice to see Tammy from Worsley get a ride in the race, who has won over the big fences when she was an amateur. Uh, but very, very unlikely winning this lot. Yeah, the daughter and uh, mum partnership here. Um, fourth in that Swindley chase, um, I thought plodded on fairly well and now is of the age where you'd expect a, a longer distance would be suiting him. Like Lewis said, he's, he's some sub lieutenant up fairly uh, well. I, I hope. I hope he gives Tabitha Worsley a good spin round. She was on luck on Sunday and full of positivity. Um, and hopefully a safe round and good luck to him. <laughs> oh, Jim, I'm all that. Good luck I was, to him. I was, yeah. trying to be, I was trying to be nice. and Well, actually, I'm going to give him a 2 out of 10. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll tell you, do you know what, mate? There will be silly 100 to 1 shots. Mm-hmm. in Grand Nationals that exist Jesus Christ I'm still angry that Cocktails at Dawn went off 25 because that was the worst horse that's running a Grand National in about a decade but because he was called Cocktails at Dawn all the housewives backed him and he went off really well supported fell at the first never had any chance and if he did you know and if he did stay up he'd have been about 10 miles behind everyone else uh, so sub-lieutenant compared to him is a good bet at 100 to 1 uh, but probably very unlikely to win and I, I think a two out of ten is probably about fair. Uh, number 38, Jim. Owned by a syndicate. Great to see them have a runner in this race. He's Hogan's height. He took really well to the national fences. but running away with the Grand Sefton. Over two miles and five furlongs. Back here in December 2019. But two hurdles start since. No form whatsoever. No show and pitch back over fences for the cross country at Cheltenham last time out. Look... I don't, none of those races will have been the be-all and end-all for him. He's, they've clearly, since he won the Stefan, been obsessed with getting him into the Grand National. But £12 higher in the weights than when he won that race. Doubtful stayer. Best opposition he's ever faced. Easy to rule out, one out of ten. Yeah, and I, I, I can, I'm not going to add any more upon that. Is he still in the top? Of... Uh, I don't know, but they're not going to run him. Because I he's don't think, here. is he officially not, running it, here? Yeah, not even entered in the top of them. They, want, they, want, they wanted to run him in the National last season, to be fair. But obviously that was curtailed. And now they've got him in. I don't, I don't think they'd, uh, they'd pass the opportunity to have a runner in the National. Fair enough. Not for me. One, one out of ten. Number 39 is good old double shuffle for Tom George. He's 11 years old nowadays. If you'd have made me guess, I'd have said he were older. Feels like he's been around for decades has had another go at the Grand National. He pulled up in the race in 2017 off a mark four pounds higher. Uh, do you know what? At his best, developed into a genuine graded level performer. Was second in a King George, which is only second to the Gold Cup in terms of most important races of the year back in 2017. That's at Kempton, and that is the key to him. He is in this race because he won at Kempton in January. That got him back up to a mark that would get him into the Grand National. Decent effort off one four five at Kempton last time out, but didn't didn't stay in the National on his previous visit. And this isn't Kempton. He won't go. He won't get near. <laughs> I can't add any more. Handicapped out of this. Um... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's he's gone up in the weights enough to get into the race, but he's also too high in the race to pose a threat in the race. <laughs> yeah, um, and for that reason, he's a one out of ten. 
Bless him, he's a nice lad. We all like Double Shuffle, but he shouldn't be winning a Grand National on everything we know about him. Uh, yeah, one out of ten is probably fair. And the last of the horses guaranteed a run if they want it is number 40, Ami Debois. For Graham McPherson, great to see him have a runner in this race. Keelan Woods has stuck up a brilliant partnership with this lad as well. And this, he really was a, a fairly exposed mid to low 130s chaser who's just done consistently well over the past 18 months. Hasn't actually won a race, but has risen £30 in the rating ratings due to finishing second on six occasions, uh, including in a veterans chase at Doncaster on his last start win. He was also second to double shuffle at Kempton back in January. Uh, a lovely, lovely old lad representing a likeable team with Graham McPherson. Uh, glad to see him get a run in the race. And I can see him plodding around. Yeah. But so, may, yeah. maybe in a similar the early on Rougeway, maybe in ninth or tenth. Certainly, like I said, there will be sillier horses that go off at shorter prices than the 66 to 1 available for him. But it needs a massive, massive career best here. Yeah, his jumping was normally fairly good. And then last time in that veteran's handicap, his mistake at the last sort of cost him. Um, and like you said, it's been a long time between drinks. Um, so... I, I'm looking forward to seeing him round the fences. He does need to step up on everything that he's done. But I, like you said, I think he'll, he'll give a good go of it uh, for connections. And I can't be confident. So for that reason, he's a two. I think I'll give Amir Nebar a three out of ten. He's, he's, a, he's a very, very uh, dependable and genuine sort. A proper, proper likeable lad. And, he, and after, after a consistent you know, two seasons deserves to get a crack at a Grand National but hard to see him winning the race. I'll give him a three out of ten. We have reached the end of the 40 but just in case there are any dropouts between now and the race, we are just going to touch on the four reserves. Currently, first reserve 41 on the list is Black Lion. Fascinating. Uh Went off favourite for the race in 2017. Finished fourth. Just didn't quite stay the final half furlong or so. Grade one winning of his chaser. Ice peak. Had zero luck in the 2018 National. Brought down uh, at the second, I think it was. Then picked up an injury just before the 2019 National. The 2020 National was coronavirus off. And... Now he's 12 years old and well past his best. Shmoke Paul's afraid if he gets in. Agreed. <laughs> how much How much did Darren Yates pay for him, by the way? Um, I think it was 300 and odd. Yeah, in 2019, a, a, new, a, a man called Darren Yates, who was, obs- who was obsessed with having runners in the Grand National, paid an absurd amount of money for a 10-year-old gelding uh, to try and... To, to run Black Lion in the Grand National in his colours. Uh, obviously, the horse got injured that year. Last year had coronavirus, and this year he might not even get in, so he might have just paid 300 grand to watch a horse finish fourth in a Newcastle veterans chase. Because uh, that's been the best thing he's done for Darren Yates so far. Yeah, it, it'll be a. Black Lion is a Donny. I really, really like the boy, but hopefully. Yeah. 
he's retired soon enough, if I'm honest. Uh, one out of ten if he gets in, won't get close. Uh, number 42, Jim. Sun neck for John McConnell. Ex-Willie Mullins. Willie Mullins uh, sought him. Didn't think he was wanted, didn't think he was worthy of being part of his team. Uh, did spend the bulk of his career with the Irish champion training. And jumping had been a major issue with Willie Mullins. Hasn't held him back, though, for John McConnell in cross-country races this season. He won at Cheltenham in December. Jim put him up here at a ridiculous price on the podcast. I have to mention that every time I mention Sunneck. And he finished a creditable third in the championship event, really, of the cross-country discipline at the Cheltenham Festival last month. He should stay, clearly in good heart. If he does get in, though, Jim, the opposition is a level above what he's used to facing. Yeah, he's, he had a, he had, he's got a, quite a stiff uphill task. Um, but I, I quite like him to run in the race. I think these sort of, this sort of race would suit him. Um, his jumping was questionable when he won at Cheltenham early on in the season, and there was a few errors in there um, in March. Hope he, run, hope he gets a run, and he does need to improve, and that's unlikely at his age. Number 43, this is the one a lot of people want to get in. He's a shot. There's 12 to 1 to win the race. 10's even in a place. His secret reprieve, the Welsh Grand National winner. Second season novice chaser. He got off the mark over fences when he won. Tiredly in the Welsh National Trial at Chepstow in December. Followed that up again with a really, really taking performance in the Welsh National. It was only a free length winning margin, but there was much more in hand in that. The manner of victory was really impressive. Should be capable of improving past the eight-pound drives he now races from. Will relish the stamina test. Seven-year-olds don't have a good record in the national. No seven-year-old has won the race since Bob Scar back in 1940. But Jimbo, if he does get in, I find it hard to uh, to not give him a chance. Does the ground not worry? Not massively. That was a, his two performances at Chepstow were on soft and heaviest ground. Um, the chips on soft is soft, soft. Yeah, so the the better ground would slightly worry me. Quite a bit of his form is on soft ground. Um, if he was to get in, that would be my only worry. He'll stay. He'll more than likely jump fairly well enough, even though he did fall at Haydock. He he's sort of um, he's he sort of learnt from that and built upon it and made him the better horse. Uh, that he is now and um, the ground would be my only worry if he gets in I'd give him an 8 out of 10 I think I'd give him a 7 would have a chance he's the one that most people want to get into the race if there are three defections we get to see the Welsh National winner have a go at the Grand National it's disappointing to be fair that, but that, that he isn't really guaranteed a place in the line but that's the nature of the race nowadays I think you know with it being such a such a high quality affair that there are so many mid, mid-level mid grade 2 performers that have a crack at it that wouldn't have done 10 years ago I'm waffling a bit now I'm going, I'm going down the rabbit hole of in, in my obsession in the changing nature of the Grand National uh, it's a good job we've only got the final reserve to talk about in it which is Corto Rico uh, a close relative of the great Corto star probably the best people chaser of the past 50 years only one run this season, fourth in the very, very competitive Paddy Power Gold Cup over two and a half miles at Cheltenham over Christmas. 
That's the issue though, Jim. He's a two to two and a half miler. Yeah, he'll run in the top of him on the Friday, I'm pretty sure. I think so as well, that'll be what I'd be doing. Although, to be fair, after he did run at Cheltenham, I know Tom Gretton said he didn't, he said we want to run him in the National, which I, I sent to you and we had a good laugh about. Uh, seeing, well, he's still here, so he can run if I'll come out, but uh, yeah, I think I think they'll probably probably uh, admit defeat in the in the plot and run him on the Friday, where they can definitely get a run rather than rather than wait wait and hope four come out. That'd be that'd be likely, and he'd be a one out of ten for me anyway. He won't get home. Mhm. Same. Forty four horses dealt with. Thank God for that. Jim Watson. You know I've got to ask you. You're one, two, three, four for the twenty twenty one Grand National. In first place will be Discorama. In second place will be Cloth Cap. In third place will be Kimberlite Candy. And in fourth place will be any second now. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Do you want to want a five? Because I might do a five. <laughs> in fifth <laughs> will be Bristol Demai. Fair enough, Jimbo. Uh, look, I, I think the likeliest winner is Cloth Cap. So if you want to be boring, you can back the 72 favourite, which is an absurdly short price for the Grand National. So there you can have you won. But I'm also going to do a one, two, three, four if you want to have a bit of fun and not include cough, cough, cap. Uh, the one without him is a cappella bourgeois. I think he's a cracking bet at 33 to 1 to beat his stablemate Burrow Saint in second. In third, I think Kimberlite Candy has a cracking chance of making the frame again. And I'd give Potter's Corner a banging shout as well of hitting the frame. Uh, a little bit of a big price. I'm not having really any wild swing this year. There's normally one or two at 50s or 66s that I look at, and I think I really like I really like the case for there an each way perspective. Don't have that this year. I think the market's absolutely spot on, and I think I've I think I've added all three of the top ones in the betting into my three. And I think between us, actually, you've added any second now in there. Between us, we all kind of like the top four in the betting. The only one we aren't keen on is Manila Times, who we think is a woeful price. Yeah. It's easy work, Jim. The TriCast is on. We'll all go to the Bahamas and we'll never be seen again. What could be easier than picking the first five home in the correct order in the Grand National? <laughs> you never know. Easy work, mate. Easy work. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to this year's Grand National Horse by Horse Card. It is always my favourite show of the year to do. I'm such a massive nerd for the National. It's unbelievable. I'm so boring. Uh, so thanks for Jim for putting up with me. I'm oh, sorry, I'm going to terrorise you about the race for the next week or so. Your phone will be pinging and pinging me, just texting you going, so-and-so's jocked up on Balco the flow, as if you care. <laughs> Feel free to. Uh, and thanks to rating the races as well for their uh, continued support of the podcast. Hopefully, we've given you some decent pointers, and we'll see you all again. Well, later in the week when we preview the rest of the entry meeting. Bless up. See you soon. Stay safe.